Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Cincinnati. I'm banging the table now. The Bengals UK... <laughs> Five to go until the 50. I know, right? And I have got something special planned for the 50. Oh, really? You don't know this yet, but... Um, <laughs> yes, Cincinnati is the Bengals UK podcast that is still all about the draft. We're, we're just about a week and a half away. There's been so much chatter about the draft, not least from us, but from other outlets. Everyone's doing mock drafts and... It can be quite an overwhelming, dizzying process. Um, but yes, we are uh, the Bengals UK podcast. Uh, my name is Paul Hirons and with me in the sewing room for this episode, as ever, it's the Daenerys to my Targaryen, <laughs> the Gregor to my Clegane, the Tyrion to my Lannister, the, let's let's pick some more Game of Thrones characters. The I was Pe- going to say it was Game of Thrones. Peter to my Baelish the Brienne to my Of Tarth, and the Theon to my Greyjoy. It's Nathan Palmer, everybody. Good evening, Bengals fans. Um, five to go until the 50 and a week and a half to go until the NFL draft. I'm excited. Are you? I'm excited. You I'm, don't look excited. No, I am excited. Listen, he doesn't look excited. <laughs> I am excited. I am actually going to be in... Um, Japan for the draft, which is quite exciting. And it's your birthday, isn't it? And it's my so. birthday coming up. So for the draft, yes, I'm thinking because I think Japan's so far ahead that I might be able to watch it at like ten or eleven in the morning. Yeah, because otherwise it's a pain in the ass and it watching it at you know three in the morning and you you know the Bengals are on the clock at eleven, so you're probably waiting an hour and a half. Yeah, so I'm excited to watch it because the last couple of years I've actually just watched it the next morning. So hopefully I can find somewhere in Japan. Heavy American influence over there, isn't there? So hopefully there'll be some sports bar. If not, just go around to our friend Jimmy's house. Yeah, exactly. I might do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy, if you're listening, and I know you will be, uh, Nathan's come around to your gaff on draft night. For a few pints. A few uh, pints. In the morning, at 10 in the morning. Bit of dry squid. Um, um, But yeah, this is the second of our draft or pre-draft specials, actually. Uh, Last week, we had our own Bengals UK panel featuring Peter... Uh, Sam and Liam, which was terrific. Oh, and, good, wouldn't they? Yeah, lads? they were great. And uh, I thought my job was on the line for a moment. Well, there you go. You got to you got to step your game up, son. Um, uh, th- th- for this week, because Nathan's going away on Thursday, um, we thought we'd sort of talk about the players yeah. that we we would quite like to yep. see drafted yep. by the Bengals. Uh, there's not much news this week uh, yeah. coming out. There's nothing much to report. I don't think there's a bunch of visits. I saw Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle. Uh, visiting today, but there's not much news, so it allows us to have a little, well, an in-depth look at a little natter, a little Cincinnati about the draft. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, the draft can be quite overwhelming for some because it's just people quoting players and arm lengths and whether their hips are open or not, whether they've got a natural... Whether their hips are open. Well, you know. um, Dirty bugger. Yeah. so and it can be quite overwhelming, and I know a yeah. lot of a lot of people um, don't like this draft build-up because of exactly that. A lot of people do love it because it allows them to kind of, you know, it's play evaluation. It's getting into the real measurables, which frankly I don't too much. Yeah. yeah. But um, uh, but it can be dizzying and overwhelming, and you know I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a draft expert or whatever, but I I kind of do. And have grown to to really enjoy the pre-draft process because uh, you know you can dip into it now and again. You can listen to podcasts. So uh, our aim uh, in this episode 
It's just to go over things in, I think, hopefully, an accessible way. Yeah, yeah. Nothing too heavy. Yeah. Um, there's going to be no kind of spider charts or <laughs> or anything like that. Um, Any pivot tables? No, it's just going to be <laughs> something uh, hopefully fun and quite uh, yeah, yeah. quite accessible. So, um, where where do you want to start? Let's let's have a look at the top ten. So All let's right. have a look at what we're saying in terms of because I think it's always obviously for the Bengals at 11 yeah what happens before us is going to have a big impact obviously in what we're doing and so it's very unlikely I think very unlikely that we're going to move up yeah the I Bengals th- I'd, never move I'd be up stunned unless there's someone unless they absolutely love Dwayne Haskins and they're prepared to jump in front of New York and mm. I find that I find that almost impossible to think that they give up a you know, a second or third pick to jump ahead of the Giants. So you, you you think Haskins is likely to go to the Giants? I, that... I've i been reading a lot in the last week saying that they think he might slide and mm. that the Giants aren't too keen on him. I actually think he might be there at 11. Yeah. yeah. And I think if he is, that's going to be a really interesting development for us because I think we... I, the last week and the week before, I was very much like, I really don't think they will. And I'm... And I'm my a... head's starting to turn a bit. My, uh, I've seen a lot of mocks with him. This lady is not for turning, but I tell you what, <laughs> uh, this lady has turned. You have. Exclusive breaking news. I am on board with... Now on board. I know I've said it before that I'd be shocked if the Bengals drafted a QB in the first round. Um... And actually, because I don't think we need, or I didn't think we need two, but I've I've changed my mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason is just Dalton's contract situation, really, and what Mike Brown came out and said. Um, you know, this year is a prove it deal, but it's nothing against nothing personal against Andy Dalton because I think he's had a really good career with the Bengals. You know, we all know his shortcomings. We all know he's. A good quarterback, you know, at his best, he's he's kind of around that kind of a fringe top ten quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's only shown that one year out of his eight nine years in the NFL, and last year was a real shame because I think he was playing very well actually to begin with. But why would you? Here's a guy on a on a team friendly deal, right? Why would you re-sign him to more money and? take a bigger cap hit when you could get a rookie yeah who's younger who might well turn out to be better yeah uh and will be a hell of a lot cheaper is there any way we could get Dalton back that is not going to wreck us i mean um, that's a possibility because i think his agent has to be also realistic to who would do that do you know what I mean? Who is going to pay him that money? Because there's this kind of like expectation that someone like Andy Dalton coming to the end of a contract that when we first signed him to it, it was extremely expensive. And as it, that as the years have gone by, it now looks like a bit of a bargain. So obviously how the market dictates and, you know, recent quarterback deals will sort of set the path for someone like Dalton, sort of a mid to sort of upper range starter. But it's like, if we don't pay him and we say, and this is the trend around the league now, you know, people are looking at, you know, your Kyler Murray's, Dwayne Haskins, your Drew Locks, and thinking, you know, these guys, like you said, are on team-friendly contracts. If one of them works and we've got our quarterback, yeah, absolutely. you know, on a very friendly deal, like a Baker Mayfield type mm. thing, you know, we could, and we can get the pieces in place around him in the sort of four years he's on it, well, you can hit it big time. So my question is for Andy Dalton, who's going to pay him that money? 
you know, because a lot of teams now are going to be going for those young guys. And I think it's yeah. going to be an interesting market for people like him to get a long-term deal of the value that he probably thinks he's worth. Yeah, He might get a year somewhere on a team that can't compete and need someone to sort of prop him up, a bit like Joe Flacco's gone and done. Mm. But I think that the quarterback market for an ageing veteran that's not clearly top 10 is going to be pretty difficult to get. So... I wouldn't rule out that we could get him back on a perhaps a slightly more yeah, friendly and Bengal, deal than and, we and think. And give the Bengals credit, they are, you know, they're, they're quite... They're thrifty negotiators. That's right. They're pretty hard-nosed when it comes to mm. bashing out contract deals. And they, you know, they do do good business, yeah, I have yeah. to say. You know, we can criticise them for bits of business they haven't done, or even if they, you know, they have done. So, yeah, yeah. Know, hello, Bobby Hart. But, you know... Um, <laughs> With Dalton, though, I think I think he, his his time the Dalton era might be coming to an end, and certainly this year might be the year that we see a quarterback drafted quite highly. But and we'll go through the quarterbacks in a minute. Yeah. I should also mention that we do have a special guest coming up, and it's uh, our old friend Dave Lapham, uh, Bengals uh, radio commentator, ex Bengals player, AFC champion, draft guru. Well, draft guru, he you know he came on to the show this time last year and he was terrific. And I'm hoping Dave will give us an insight into what he likes at 11 and perhaps what the team likes at 11. But, yeah, let, let's go through the top yeah. 10. OK, so looking at it, Arizona Cardinals picking first. Now, a lot of people are saying that they might be shipping out Josh Rosen um, and they want Kyler Murray. I haven't seen any mock drafts that have said anything else than Kyler Murray going number one. Now, I guess the question just comes down to, do the Cardinals take Kyler Murray or does someone trade with Arizona and they're bluffing saying they're going to get rid of Rosen and take Murray and does someone like Oakland sell the house to move up and take him? But I don't think anyone else is going number one apart from Kyler Murray. No, I, I mean, there's there's a possibility of Bosa, isn't there? Yeah, he's probably uh, the best player in the draft. Yeah, yes, arguably. Um, he's certainly up there, isn't he? And But in terms of quarterbacks, and of course quarterback, you know, teams get very twitchy, don't they, and very mm. nervous, and they, they need to... You know, what if the Giants moved up yeah, to yeah, take yeah. Murray? You know, more so than Oakland, because I think Oakland need defensive players more than anything yeah just, so there's it, a chance that you know Oakland after trading uh, um, Khalil Mack yeah you know they might go up for Bosa well the thing with Oakland and the thing with Arizona is they're in the same position in terms of Oakland new head coach you know John Gruden's there in his second year new head coaches you've got Mike Mayock new GM what do they want they want someone to pin their name to in terms of a quarterback when do and they want it they want it now, now. And I think Derek Carr's a good quarterback, but I just think with all of these guys, they want their guy. They want their guy to fall in love with and take him and sort of build that franchise around that player. And I think the same for Arizona with Kingsbury going in there. You know, he didn't pick Josh Allen. Josh Allen might be a good player. We don't know. I know a lot of people rate him quite highly. He wasn't that good last year. Granted, in a poor Josh team. Allen. Josh Rosen, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Josh Rosen. I think about the Bills quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of Joshes. Well, and there's year. obviously the end of guy in a draft. Yeah, isn't that's there? right. So, sorry, yeah, that's where yeah, I'm going yeah. with that. Um, Josh Rosen, big one, Harlan. Um, so it's like I didn't think he was great last year, Josh Rosen. But you look at the team around him. Yeah, though. exactly. So it, it's whether or not Arizona is smoke screening that first pick so that someone mortgages the house 
to potentially take it from it's them, not which is sensible logic. Of, yeah, yeah so there's a lot of that stuff going on. Especially, I, I wouldn't be places. surprised if Oakland did it. I okay. think Oakland might jump up and take Kyla Murray. But yeah. we both they think, are that kind of franchise, yeah, aren't they? I think so. So we're we saying pretty much we think Murray number one, but it just depends to who. Yes. Okay. So number two, we've got the 49ers. now. In this position, I think a lot of people say Nick Bosa. There's a clear need for the 49ers, I think, on defence. I think he's probably the best player in the draft. I mean, he, yeah, I know he took a lot saying. of last year off, didn't he? He was a, he had a little bit of a, na- uh, a nagging injury, and he sort of just called it a day, I believe, didn't mm-hmm. he? And he knew his draft stock was about as good as it was going to be. Um, and very much just sort of sat out for a bit. So I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't the logical pick there. What do you think, Paul? Well... I actually, th- I actually think Bosa, Bosa is is the best player in the draft. Um, I don't think I don't think Kyler Murray is arguably he's not in the top ten best players in the draft Ooh, overall. You yeah. know, um, he's perhaps the best quarterback. But um, you know, you look at people like Quinnen Williams and yeah. uh, Brian Burns. Um, you know. As you mentioned, Josh Allen and, and TJ Hawkinson and Ed Oliver and you know Devin White has zoomed up the boards, obviously. But yeah, yeah both of the 49ers, I think, would be a yeah. good chat for them. Now, sort of putting three and four together, these are two players that I I think <coughs> will probably go in these spots, if not one position later. I just don't think that Williams from Alabama or Josh Allen are getting out of the top five. I don't think we'll even be within a sniff of either of those guys. Would you agree with that? Depending on where they land, I'm not quite sure. I wouldn't want to say. But I, I don't think there's any way Allen or Williams make it outside of the top five. No, I think... Uh, I, I've seen some mocks where w- w- um, William, Quinn Williams has dropped. Really? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the Raiders need a pass rusher. The whole point of getting rid of Khalil yeah, Mack yeah, was yeah. to get picks and then to get someone else in... Uh, who's on a cheaper deal, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, who's up there? I mean, Josh Allen could be an option there at four. Uh, Brian Burns maybe a little, tiny a bit, bit high, high him, a little bit. A bit high for him now. Uh, I mean, Ed Oliver's getting a lot of traction at the moment. Just, but Ed Oliver dr- I don't think is going to be there at 11. And I actually, you know, I don't, I'm blowing my load a bit earlier. He'd probably be my <laughs> he, pick. It would probably be my pick. All right, don't don't give it away. Yeah, Bloody <laughs> hell, mate. Anyway, good night, everyone. Yeah, Thanks cheers, for everyone. <laughs> I think he's just an elite talent. Yeah. And if I think if he was there at 11, he probably shouldn't be there at 11. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, we had, you know, Jeffrey Simmons. No, he's going to go second round because he's injured. I don't know. I think, I think Oakland need defence. But the thing is, they drafted a good-looking... A defensive lineman last year in, in inside uh, defensive lineman Maurice Hurst so yeah, yeah. I think they need a rusher from the edge and then so now you are talking Josh Allen now you are talking Brian Burns you know mm. so yeah who's next Tampa at five now I know I people say mock Ed Oliver there yeah they talk about Gerald McCoy you know might not necessarily be there too much longer I know Montez Sweat has been uh, a few people have pointed him yeah there. I mean uh, Sweat and that might be a bit high for Montez Sweat yeah. uh, athletic I, freak but whether or not yeah I think um, I think they'll go linebacker and I think this is where Devin White might go yeah 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 I wouldn't be surprised okay so we're moving on to the Giants now yeah <sighs> I don't know 
I mean, I, really I, I, don't know. I, I, if, I think they can't ignore the quarterback. They can't just go no, and be like man. Yeah, really I think, think this is. Can. I do think this is where one of the. I mean, they've been giving it the big one about the fact that they're not going to be drafting a quarterback, um, but I, I can't see any other pick. It's going to either be Kyler Murray. Or Dwayne Haskins. There, you, do, you don't think there's any way that they go just for a pass rusher or they take the best player available? Well, there's a lot. I mean, this draft is loaded with good pass rushers yeah, and yeah. good defensive linemen. So, I mean, Ed Oliver could go there. Yeah. This is what I mean with Ed Oliver. I just you know, I can't see him getting who past knows? some of these guys in the 5 six, I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen uh, Ed Oliver mocked to Denver quite a lot yeah, in yeah, the next yeah. pick, you know. So, um, no, my... Who knows? But you know, there seems to be such a clamouring for in New York to to move on from Eli, and yeah. I think now is probably the time. It's a similar situation to us. Yeah. Eli's obviously a bit, a bit older, older yeah. but he is coming to the end of his career. Yeah, they do need to at least redshirt someone at this coming season. So you know, I think there'll be a quarterback there. Okay, you're saying quarterback. I I I don't think they'll take Haskins. For some reason, I just don't think they'll take Haskins there. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where they get a quarterback from, though. I feel no, like got, unless right. they go in the later rounds, they pick a guy. If there's a guy perhaps they're comfortable with in the they third round around, or something yeah. like that, and they want him to sort of sit underneath Manning for one more year. But if you've got a guy, or... if you've got a, if you've got a guy sitting there, why, why, why wouldn't you take him? Mm. Why wouldn't you? So you've got a new, uh, the next batch of teams are. So we've got Jacksonville at seven. We've got Detroit at eight. Buffalo at nine. Denver at ten. I think Denver are going to take a quarterback. I Do think, you? Yeah. I, I've heard a few people say they like Drew Locke. I wouldn't right. be surprised to see him go there. I know Drew Locke's got quite a big arm. Elway loves yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, Elway's a nutcase, isn't he? Yeah. So who knows what they're... I think Denver is similar to us. You know, They've got a good core of players. They could go anywhere... Really, so I would expect a, a real uh, best player available for Denver there. Yeah. Again, I've seen Oliver mock to Denver a few times. Devin White, I've seen to Detroit a few times. I think if he's still knocking around in that range, there could be a thing there. The Jags are an interesting team. I mean, they've got obviously Nick Foles now. Do they need a tackle to shore up the line for him? Yeah, and then you're looking at Fournette. Looks like a bit of a lost <coughs> cause, but there's not really a running back. Yeah, Fournette's weird, isn't he? He's got done for a suspended yeah. license, didn't he? I, mean, I I don't think there's a running back worthy of picking there at all. No, um, but there's a bunch of offensive linemen. Yeah, there. Um, that might be a Jawan Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, looking at Gra- Garrett Brad, that's probably a bit high for Garrett Bradbury actually. Uh, Cody Ford again, yeah. a little bit high. You might even see a Jacksonville trade down a little bit. Yeah, possibly. That's not a bad shout. Detroit. I've seen T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, Detroit he he. Well, the, I saw that Charles Davis, which is was bizarre to me. I think he had Noah Fan, obviously the colleague, um, the Iowa of Hawkinson at Iowa, going in the top ten ahead of Hawkinson. And most people are saying that Fan probably is like a sort of fringe first round, second round type guy. But Charles Davis in his mock draft and NFL.com had him going in the top ten, which I thought was crazy. I think Hawkinson is is probably suited better to the NFL just because of his all-round game. Yeah, yeah. And he may, you know, our own Andrew Do- Andrew Dockrell has has mocked TJ Hawkins to, to us twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a lot of, well, to begin the da- draft pro- process, a lot of 
uh, Mox had Hawkinson to us at 11. I wouldn't be unhappy with that because I think he'll be a really good player. But I just don't think everything that we've heard about the Bengals and their, or at least the new coaching staff's approach to tight ends. And if you look at um, how tight ends were used in at the Rams, everything points to the fact that they don't value tight ends as highly yeah. as perhaps the previous regime did. Um, so I, I, I absolutely agree that Hawkinson's the real deal, and yeah, yeah. you know he he can he can catch, he can run. He's a really good route runner. Yeah, he's he's aggressive and and very competent in blocking. He can do it all. Yeah, and he's going to be a really good he's player. Great at the for combine someone. as well. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be a really good player for someone. I've read somewhere someone saying that a lot of team <laughs> officials didn't grade him as highly as OJ Howard and Eric Ebron, who went in the top twenty. Perhaps not athletic, as athletic, yeah. but I think I just think all round, he's he's he looks to me better. Yeah. Than a, a, an OJ Howard, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Just as an all rounder. Do you think you'll go in the top ten? Possibly, I think Detroit could use a tight end, couldn't they? So, um, yeah, um, again, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, okay. So we're going through the Bills. I mean, they could also use a tight end. They could also use Ed Oliver. Um, I, I think that's a tough one, really, there. I mean, obviously, they've got a quarterback. They're, they're going to go with um, Josh Allen, the right Josh this time. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe Rashawn Gary, defensive end, potentially. I think I think Gary's gonna, as the guys mentioned last week, he's got good physical traits, but yeah, I think he's too I've big. I've seen of him a, in the top ten a few times. Yeah, though. but I th- I think he's just too big of a gamble. Yeah, to, to I don't draft. like taking players that have got all the physical attributes, but you know you need to coach. Well, there was no production. It makes me it's worried. It's a project, and uh, you know he didn't get much, much We've production. We've done that a lot as well, and it's we not have, worked out. And Marcus Hunt never worked out for yeah, us. Yeah, but that wasn't the first rounder was it no so true you do second want, rounder though yeah yeah I mean I wouldn't be surprised if Gary's sort of falls into that late first round late early second round yeah, you yeah. know and then he becomes an interesting question yeah 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 um, so yeah we get to 11 and that's us yeah what are you saying I don't think Ed Oliver's going to be there you really don't I really don't alright think... let's let, let, let's play with the scenarios okay yeah. because the Bengals could go it's quite an interesting position because I think they could get a really good player here. There could be someone that just slips like makes out. makes a real difference. There'll be maker. someone that you wouldn't think that'll go in the top ten that'll shock you. Maybe like a Dillard or you know DK Metcalf or a receiver or someone that you've not. There's not been every year. There's someone that you look at and you go, I can't believe that they've gone as early as the only receiver I, that I've seen us be interested in and visit with and all the rest of it is uh, Debo Samuel. Mm. Um, and he's kind of not really a top first round, no, kind of no, top no. end of the first round kind of guy. Um, so I, I think it's going to be really interesting because they could go best player available, right? It could. What if What if a Quinn Williams drops? Just yeah, imagine. I think you'd have to, yeah. You know, what if an Ed Oliver drops? Yeah. But then... The way they've been filling holes during free agency suggests to me, you know, they're not, even though they've been looking at Cody Ford and Andre Dillard, you know, we do need some tackle depth and hopefully someone to really put pressure on Bobby Hart on that right yeah. tackle. And I know a lot of people want to see that. Um, do you draft a Cody Ford that high? Maybe it's a bit high for Cody Ford, you know? Jonah Williams, perhaps. 
Maybe, you know, it is. it could be a, a sweet spot for offensive linemen at that position. Um, but the way they've been constructing the roster, the way they've been filling holes, you know, John Miller at right guard. They've signed Bobby Hart for, for good or bad at right tackle. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be speaking to Dave Lapham in a few minutes about this. Um, the only position that they haven't really touched... You know they've signed Kerry Wynn on the yeah, on the yeah, yeah. defensive line. The only position they haven't touched is linebacker. Yep. They've had both White and Bush in. Now White and Bush, I think everybody knows, athletic freaks. Mm. Devin Bush, slightly smaller. That's mm. the concern with him. Yeah. But he's so quick. He's so aggressive. Great instincts. Good tackler. He's sideline to sideline. Yeah. He's um, probably a Sam linebacker. Yep. Uh, in base and then in nickel he can he can do it all yeah. and the same with White the only knock on White as Liam was saying last week is the angles that he takes when he yeah, tackles yeah. there's a slight concern about that some, a bit some, raw still isn't he some people think he's a bit overrated actually yeah yeah um, and they had their heads turned at the combine so you know it's it's going to be you know and then then you get a pass rusher as well. Brian Burns might, will be there. Yeah, and yeah. I think that is a sneaky need for the Bengals, actually. Especially yeah. with sort of various uh, players coming to the end of their careers and the need to draft someone that can really... I want a real game change in, in round one. And, and we, we haven't had success in round one. We've had... Well, that's that's wrong to say. We've had patchy success in round one. We've had much better success in say rounds three and four finding talent um generally speaking you know um so i want to see a real game changer at number one and i think we have got offensive playmakers we've got aj we've got tyler board we've got ifa back we've got Mixon, we've got geo yeah, yeah we've got a solid left side of the line we've got if dalton plays well you know he knows what yeah, he's yeah. doing we've got players that can take care of things on the offensive side of the ball um, we have and we have a few of those on defense, but we need more. Scenario one: If Ed Oliver is there, who do you take? I would take Ed Oliver. Why? I think he's probably. I think he's a real true top ten talent game changer. One of those people that could be perennial Pro Bowler game changer that you don't always find that doesn't even need that much work. Some of these guys, you know, you talk about Gary saying that, you know, he might need a little bit more polish. You know, Ed Oliver's just one of those like athletic freaks that, you know, in the mould of like a Gerald McCoy, you know. And Gino Atkins, he's a yeah. proper three technique. And I do think that Billings is a little bit, not overrated, because I don't think anyone's overrated, but I think actually that's a bit of a hole. And we do need someone... But Ed Oliver's more of a pass-rushing defensive line. Yeah, but I, I just think if you could plug someone in, even in the rotation of his talent, and you give him a few years next to Gino learning from him... Yeah, no, I agree. I think that could just be an absolute and then you have potent Gino's, combo. Yeah, uh, it's a potent combo for now. Yeah. And then in a couple of years' time, he's a ready-made replacement for Gino. Yeah, exactly. And you do need those real kind of pro bowl type players on your team. Okay, if Ed Oliver isn't there... And Devin White isn't there. Who are you going with? See, that's when it gets hard. Because you, I think Devin Bush would be a good pick, but I don't think you're getting the best value there. I think if we didn't take Devin Bush, I think he'd probably slip down to sort of 15, 18. Or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And that's obviously not a reason to take him. 
But my my thinking is this: after Devon White and Devon Bush, you've got a bit of a drop off in linebacking talent, and these two can do it all. Yeah. Um, I tend to agree with you. I love Oliver, but there is that gaping hole there in the linebacking. I know. Cool. I know. You've, I mean, apart from, is there anyone really that you take apart from Bush and White? I'd look at Brian Burns. Yeah. I'd have a serious look at Brian Burns, the defensive end. Because, there, I mean, there are some good uh, linebackers, and we're going to talk about the low, uh, later rounds after Dave. But um, So I think there's three possible scenarios here. Sweat not in it for you because I know he was touted quite highly, wasn't he? And then I think he had some sort of scare around his heart condition or something. Then he yeah, sort of dropped a I, bit, I but... think he'll be around that fifteen to eighteen. He can also is he, he's more of an end, isn't he? Than a yeah, linebacker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's three scenarios for me: either Devin White, Ed Oliver, or Devin Bush. Yeah, and I think White's going to go top five. I think um, Oliver's going to go top ten. So there are other scenarios available at eleven. Yeah, and we'll probably talk to Dave a little bit. Uh, in detail about this because he was an ex-offensive lineman. Yeah, could be a sweet spot for us offensive lineman. You, I wouldn't rule out offensive lineman because I think there's a lot of people that are unhappy about the Bobby Hart side. I think the Bengals know Bobby Hart's not a real, you know, a real like beat well beater right tackle. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went tackle. And that's the one position I don't think many people have really thought about for the Bengals. But I still think it's a prevalent need. I mean, Cordy Glenn was a good trade last year to get him to swap those picks and get him in. What he was good, I don't think he was great. No. And I think you look at, you know, Jake Fisher's moved on now, Cedric Abway, he's moved on now. And you're looking at Bobby Hart and you think, what about if Bobby Hart gets injured? Well, there is no depth there at tackle. And there's not. And I just think, Kent Perkins, I think, on the roster. And it, that's a worry for me. Mm. And I, I think the Bengals actually, and you know, Zach Taylor's an offensive guy, not not necessarily the fact that offensive tackle is a sexy position to draft because you know no one wants an offensive lineman on the back of their shirt. Really, no disrespect, mm. but it's not the sexy. Unless, pick in it's, the world. Anthony Munoz, Unless our old it's Anthony Munoz, Mr. Mondeo, or Dave Lapham, or Dave Lapham. Well, but more Dave Lapham. It, I would it's say. not the sexiest position in terms of like you know everyone would rather you draft a John. Ross than a Cedric of Wahey, you yes, know, absolutely. In terms of what it gets you going, but as a we fan. do need uh, we do need we depth, do. and we do need someone better than Bobby Hart. And quite honestly, you could, you know, Bobby Hart is a, is a, is a contract that we can get out of as well. You yeah. know, if you bring in a guy in the first round like a Jonah Williams or someone like that, mm. plug him in at right tackle, and you know, in training camp, he looks a lot better than Bobby Hart. Well, you might have your starting right tackle for the season, so. I would not rule that out at all. I think that's a possibility for the Bengals, even though it might not be the sexiest route. Yeah, that's the thing. I think everyone's focused on linebackers so much. Yeah. And, you know, with with absolute justification, really. Yeah, yeah. Again, looking at the way they've they've kind of plugged some holes in free agency. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, offensive lineman is a real need, and you're going to hit a sweet spot at 11. It could be a Jawan Taylor... Yeah, it could be a Jonah Williams. It could be a Cody Ford. Or it could be an Andre Dillard. It could. I mean, round two, you looking at people like Yodney Kajust and Say that again. Yodney Kajust. <laughs> um, again, I'm half the th- people. I have no idea uh, how to pronounce them. You know, um, but I think with linebacker, there is a bit of a drop off. You're looking at Matt Wilson, probably the end of the first round. Jermaine Pratt in the second round, maybe. So, you know, if you do draft someone uh, like 
an offensive lineman or dare I say a quarterback you know um, you know you might be able to get a Jermaine Pratt in the second round well, I think we're going to need at least two linebackers in this yeah draft. I mean I, I would if, if we don't go there in the first round I would not be surprised if we went round two and three absolutely 100%. you know I mean you've got depending Wyatt, on who we yeah I mean there's Bush there's lots of interest Matt Wilson yeah Wilson's the obvious number three outside but you know as the guy said last week, you know, Wilson's got his his weaknesses. Yeah. You know, um, you know that they've met with uh, uh, Tavon Coney, who yeah, I've had my eye day. on, and yeah, I yeah. quite like him. Uh, I quite like uh, Bobby Okariki <laughs> from Stanford, um, and I also like a bit lower down T.J. Edwards, Joe Giles Harris. And I know uh, Sam has been looking at. Uh, ben Burkiven as well, a bit yeah, lower yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I want someone. I want a starting linebacker from the first two rounds. A hundred percent. I don't think there's any way we can get out of the two. You know, day uh, day one and day mm. two. That we've got to. We've got and to. then and then I want another linebacker that shows promise that can come in in the rotation. Yeah. Later on. So whether that is a T.J. Edwards, who I quite like, is a real banger. Banger. Uh, uh, or a, uh, an Okarike who is also about an aggressive player. But then, you know, you look at um, people like uh, both Sean Joseph and um, Blake Cashman's been mentioned as well. That could That's be... A good an, name, isn't it? Blake Cashman. I know. He sounds like uh, someone from... Like an action An film. American soap opera in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, but he, imagine in New Jersey, Cashman. Yeah. If he's like quality, and he's like, yeah, I got Cashman on the back of my jersey. Hi, what's your name? Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman. Blake <laughs> Cashman. Oh yeah. It's such an American name, isn't it? As well, um, Blake Cashman. But yeah, he he could go in round two, and, and I know Liam was talking about him last week. He is definitely an option. Yep. He's got his flaws, but he plays a hundred miles an hour. He's got a few things going for him. I think he could be a good player. So I think. You know, if they don't draft a, uh, a Devin Bush, one of the Devins at 11, mm. I think Mac Wilson will go in the first round, but lower down. But then you are looking at a Jermaine Pratt or a Blake Cashman in round two. Um, and then someone like an Okariki, TJ Edwards, three, four, and then you're looking at people like uh, Joe Joyce Harris and, and Ben Burkiven later on. So there are plays there. And uh, oh. they've been looking at uh, how is this for a name? I th- I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this. It's spelled S I O N E, so it could be Sion or Sion. S I O N E. Yeah. Sion. Or Sean. Uh, sh- yeah. Sean, Taki Taki. Taki Taki. So he's obviously from the. Uh, he's kind of has some Polynesian roots there. I think you can gather from the name. Uh, and that they they brought him in for a visit, and he's going to be sort of round three, round four. Yeah. So they are looking at linebackers a bit lower down. I've got a guy that's my my like. I've been keeping him under my app. No, don't re- don't reveal it yet. We'll do it. We'll do sleepers after. Okay, all right, after, cool. after Dave. All right, all right. Um, he's a linebacker though. All right. Yeah. Great. All yeah. Right, cool. Um, but let's talk about quarterbacks. If has here's a scenario. Devin White's gone. Ed Oliver's gone, you know. There's a there's a Hawkinson still around, but you're not sure about a tight end. Yep. 
Brian Burns is still there. Not sure there's there's might even be a wide receiver. We haven't talked about wide receivers yet, but um, but if if Haskins is there, for instance, yeah. I don't think Kyler Murray will be there. No, no. But no. if Haskins is there, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? If it was between Haskins and Devin Bush. It is really tricky, isn't it? Bush is the safer sort of, definitely need, the safer filler. Pick. He feels an obvious need. He's a good guy. He, you know, Sam Ainge is going to be foaming at the mouth if we take him. Um, but I think you probably would probably go Bush, but I think Haskins gives you a very interesting skill set. And it would be a real, real, and I'm, you should never draft people for this, ever. But, but wouldn't it half... <laughs> Give a lift to the fan base. I think there's two. There's a guy from Ohio State, a quarterback, an exciting playmaker. I think it would wouldn't half give Zach Taylor and the Bengals a, a bit of an air of excitement around him. Screw Andy Dalton, it would. It really put a knife into his back. But that's the NFL, though. Yeah, it is. You know, people. But if I'm Andy Dalton, you know, you you got to prepare to play harder. And he, Andy Dalton is a professional. He'd say all the right things. He'd do all the right yeah, things. Yeah. He would mentor Haskins. There'd be no air of like, you know, sort of last year when Roethlisberger was calling out Mason Rudolph, saying, you know, I don't know why we drafted him and all that. It would very much be a professional sort of, con- you know, contingency sort of plan over a year or two, but. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it'd help us. I think, for, to be honest, for the next, if we did take him, I think next year and the year after, we'd almost be conceding. Because I think. I don't know. I think Dalton would start and I think Haskins would sit there and learn. And, you know, we, but the Bengals fans would just want Dalton under a bus. You'd always want Ohio State's Dane, uh, Dwayne Haskins starting. Not necessarily. I mean, I just, I just think. I just, the beauty with Haskins, another advantage that Haskins has got, he's only a one year starter. Yeah. And he's shown a lot of promise. He can make all the throws. He's quite mobile. He's still learning about pocket presence yeah. and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But he's shown enough to suggest he can be a real talent. And that's if you're a one-year starter, that means you're very moldable and teachable. Uh, and that's going to give Zach Taylor and uh, Will Callan a proper chob on. You know what I mean? They're going to rock on. They are going to be rubbing their hands. Yes. And yes. they're going to be like. Hello. I think if Zach Taylor is sat there as a quarterbacks coach, and bear in mind what he did with Jared Goff, I think if he sees a guy in that draft that he's genuinely in love with, and he's like, "That is exactly what I want." Obviously, Kyler Murray will be out of his hands, even if he does want Kyler Murray. But if he's sat there saying with any of them, with Locke, with Greer, with um, Haskins, with anyone like that that is projected to go early. And he really does like him. I think that's where Duke Tobin, Mike Brown and stuff would have to perhaps take a step back and say, you're our new head coach. We trust you. We're going to give you the luxury of taking this pick if you really believe in it. Because if you believe in um, Zach Taylor and you brought him in for these reasons, let him go do it. Let him yeah, live absolutely. and die by the sword because you can't just you know if he's a guy who's coming with his philosophy and he's like Haskins would fit it perfectly or Drew Locke would fit it perfectly, you know Drew Locke could potentially be the guy you know you, it could. I'm be. not a fan of Drew Locke. Are you not? Say. No, yeah. but I think he shows. I mean, it is. I think it is an above-average quarterback class, but it's not. You know, yeah, a real yeah. zinger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do like Haskins from what I've seen. Yeah. I haven't really looked at Murray because I don't think there's any chance of him no, falling no. to 11. 
I've got a few other quarterbacks that we'll do. But anyway, let's let's bring in our special guest. Yeah, let's we? get him in. And of course, our special guest today is our old friend, uh, ex Bengals lineman, AFC champion, uh, color commentator extraordinaire. Uh, it's uh, one of our favourite people in Bengals dumb. It's Dave Lapham. Dave, are you there? Paul, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Dave. It's good to hear your voice again. How you doing, big lad? I'm doing great. Thank you for the kind introduction. You're, you're, uh, I should hire you full-time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy to be your personal PR, Dave, any day of the week, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dave, we've just been prattling on about the draft, and I think um, this is what we got you on. You, you provide fantastic insight for Bengals fans on uh, bengals.com around this time every year. And I just wanted to get your input, really, because we've just been saying at 11, the Bengals are going to get a really, really good player, assuming that they're going to stay at 11. Um, You know, uh, where do they go? Because we've talked about defensive linemen, offensive linemen. You know, do you draft a quarterback there? Um, Let me ask you about um, your your initial kind of take on who might be available at 11, and who they might be looking at. Okay, well, if they if they stay at 11, uh, like, like you promised to begin with, uh, I don't see them trading out. Mm. But I do think that there's a possibility of them trading back, particularly what happens with the quarterbacks. You know, the, the quarterbacks always determine, you know, the top 10, top 15 selections in a draft. And the Bengals sitting at number 11, you know, if somebody is, is, is that, you know, 15 or above, not quite high enough as the Bengals, you know, and, and the draft uh, quarterback two has been drafted, and their guy is still there, and they want to make sure they get that guy. Uh, somebody could offer to trade up, and the Bengals move back. I'd stay above number twenty. I wouldn't necessarily try to trade back beyond twenty, but he's staying above twenty. You could end up with an additional third round pick. Mm-hmm. Now the Bengals own the sixth round. The sixth round is basically theirs. They have eleven draft picks this year, and half of them are in the sixth round. But I, I'd like to see them get some draft capital you know, a little bit higher in the draft potentially with multiple picks. And that I could see that being a, a very potential scenario. But then, you know, Bengal fans would be, okay, number 11, Haskins is there. Do the Bengals take him or do the Bengals trade down, trade back, and somebody that covered some, you know, moves up and, and uh, gives the Bengals a pretty good offer for, for Haskins. So, you know, those are the decisions that have to be made. And I think there will be, you know, a pause and a consideration of, of Haskins. But... From what I can gather, you know, I, I think that they're um, they're pretty sold on letting Andy Dalton try to assimilate this offense that Zach Taylor's going to be installing and, and and see where it goes. Zach Taylor is very very high on Andy Dalton's uh, abilities physically and mentally. Uh, and and would you take that eleventh pick and draft Haskins and let him sit for a year when you have other needs that you could address with that first round pick? So it's going to be very interesting to see what they might do. But if they stay there and Haskins is gone. Let's use those two premises. If, in fact, two quarterbacks have been drafted in the, in the top 11, there's going to be some, some good football players there. Obviously, offensive linemen. Um, I, I think Jonah Williams from Alabama is somebody that, uh, that they have a keen eye on. I think he'd probably be long gone. But uh, Juwan Taylor, Florida, is somebody that people talk about. Uh, Dillard out of Washington State is another one. Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. Um, guys like Dalton Risner. Kansas State, uh, Greg Little from Old Miss, Titus Howard from Alabama State. These are all guys that are, you know, maybe in that next echelon. 
So if the Bengals did trade back and the best thing available to them was still one of those offensive linemen, they would have accumulated an extra pick and still been able to accumulate one of those picks. So, you know, that would that would work well. Um, linebacker, obviously, is, is, is a huge need, maybe the biggest need. I think Devin White out of LSU is long gone, but Devin Bush from Michigan would be an interesting, you know, possibility there. He's only 5'11", goes 230 pounds. He's got really good speed. And the thing is, in, in today's football, uh, people are in sub-packages, nickel and dime packages, 75 80% of the time. Mm, but right. then in the division, in the AFC North, Baltimore's going to try to run the ball down your throat. Mm. So, you know, um, Pittsburgh's still going to try to run the football with what they've got going and, and their, with their offensive line and the physicality of their running game. So is Devin Bush, is he going to get engulfed? Uh, over a 16-game NFL season, really hold up. Those are the things that people might have a concern about with Devin Bush at that 11th pick of the draft. I really think that if if one of the, the pass rushers fall falls to number 11, I think there's four guys. Uh, Nick Bosa is is a talented uh, talented player out of Ohio State. Allen out of Kentucky, Sweat out of Mississippi State, and Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. Those four guys. I think if any one of those four edge rushers were there for the Bengals at number 11, it would not shock me if they went in that direction. Now, I think two of them would be gone. I think both and Allen are long gone. But either Sweat or Gary or both of them might be there. It is wide open. I mean, Paul, mm. it's been, it, this is as wide open as it's been in a long time. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Dave. Um, it's kind of very exciting because it, they could go in any way, really. Um but we were talking about the the fact you look at their free agency uh, pickups and their their approach to free agency and the way they've plugged some holes. They re-signed Bobby Hart for you know that's obviously a con, you know very not controversial, but you know some people love it and that no one really loves it, frankly. But um, you know uh, they've signed Bobby Hart, they've signed John Miller. So to me that says they might not go offensive line in early doors. They've signed Kerry Wynn on the defensive line. They've signed, uh, re-signed Darquez Denard. They've signed B.W. Webb. The only, and yes, they've re-signed Preston Brown, but the only the kind of area that they haven't really hit in free agency is the linebacking courts. Do you, does that point to a linebacker at 11, do you think? I mean, I think that's a strong possibility that they could go linebacker, but if if the linebacker that's left, if, if they have Devin Bush um, rated closer than number 20 and they have a pass rusher uh, mm. that they've got rated in the top 10 and he's still there at 11, I think they go with the pass rusher. And then they will draft linebackers, Paul. You're exactly right. I mean, they're going to double down. Yeah. Uh, but the last time they doubled down, they doubled down at offensive tackle and they swung and missed twice with O'Boye and Fisher. Neither one still with the football team when Andrew Whitworth moved along. So they, they doubled down first and second round of the same draft to try to cover it, thinking that they should hit 50%, and they hit they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't hit a, a lick. They hit 0% over. So you never know. But I do think that they will take a linebacker fairly high in the draft. They'll take another one a little bit later in the draft. They will go uh, multiple times at the linebacker position. They'll probably draft at least one college free agent at the linebacker position. So, yeah, I think that is a glaring need. There's no question. But I do think if, if uh, in, in today's NFL, if you can, it, it's a numbers game. If you can pressure the quarterback and make him hurry his decisions, 
uh, at that point in time, it's easier to cover on the back end. Uh, also, if you're so good up front that they have to put extra blockers to take advantage and they keep people out of a pass route, in other words, they keep boxing the chip or, you know, they slide the line and, and keep a tight end in the block to, uh, to, ma- to protect the six and maximum protect the seven people, all of a sudden you have a lot of field guys out in pass routes and it's easier to cover. So it's a numbers game, and, I, and you can never have enough good rush guys. You never have enough to cover people in today's NFL. But as we all know, you still have to have linebackers because the Bengals get exploited in their in their sub packages. Mm-hmm. You have to have uh, nickel linebackers that can run and cover. And the Bengals were very very deficient in that area last year. So I think I think that will be addressed, Paul. I think it is. It's, it's in my mind, uh, linebacker and offensive line are the two biggest needs on the football team. But you have to balance, uh, you know, need, you don't want to reach necessarily in the draft. If you draft a Pro Bowl pass rusher, you're still going to be fine. Because, yeah. you know, that'll, that'll make up for a lot of problems on the on the back end. And, and this year's draft is very, very strong in the front seven. You know, defensive line, one line blocker, so there's depth there. So the draft really hits, you know, where the Bengals need some help. It's, it's, I don't think there are any uh, Anthony Williams or Tony Baselli type tackles. Mm. So there's not there's not very many tackles that I take at number eleven offensive tackles, but if the biggest uh, fit, you know, if if Devin Bush is on your board uh, and you have him say in the, in the top fifteen, uh, that's not a huge reach. Mm. So you're you're solving a, a major need by not reaching real far to address that problem. Dave, um, I've got two questions for you here, and it's related to the quarterback side of things now. Obviously, with Zach Taylor coming in, first-year head coach, there's a lot of um, there's a sort of tradition there with sort of you know trying to find your guy and molding your guy and getting a quarterback in. I want to sort of gauge your thoughts on: Do you think it would be the right decision for the Bengals to sort of look at drafting a quarterback? And you know, if a guy like Haskins was there, or Drew Locke, or someone that they liked, and Zach Taylor really fell in love with. Would you be on board with that pick and, you know, getting someone in to be the, the heir to Andy Dalton going forward? Or, you know, what, and if, sorry, if they did go in that direction with the quarterback, who would be the guy that you would be picking there? Would it be Haskins? Would it be Locke? Would it be anyone else, perhaps like Will Greer or something like that? I think that the number 11 position, um, Mike Brown loves Ohio State players and loves quarterbacks. So I think I think Haskins would be discussed. Right. There's no question about it. And, and Haskins, the you know the knock on him obviously is it's a one year wonder. It's a you know one season uh, story. That's an unbelievably strong story. You know, concluded by taking apart Michigan's defense, which was amongst the best in the country, and throwing up over 60 points against them. I mean, they just took Michigan apart. So. Uh, obviously, he finished with a flourish, and, and he, he played some unbelievable football all season long. Drew Locke is a great talent. I mean, he's a, he's an, was an accomplished high school basketball player. He had college basketball scholarships. So this guy has got mobility. He's got all the arm talent in the world. The knock on Drew Locke is he's got a small hand. And when you're playing in the AFC North, where the weather can be bad in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Um, not having a big hand in a, is is a problem. It was for John Kitna. He struggled with that from time to time in that mm. you know cold, damp weather possibility. So there's always something. There's everybody has a hole in their game, but you have to feel good about the the entire you know due diligence uh, evaluation of these uh, prospects. 
Um, I, I think it would be discussed, but I do think that Zach Taylor, he went on record saying that, you know, when he was at Texas A&M, he was recruiting Andy Dalton out of, uh, out of Katy, Texas. Mm. And Andy Dalton went to TC when he watched all those high school games. He watched all of his snaps from college. He feels like he's, uh, he fits the offense that Zach Taylor wants to run to a team. So we'll see. We'll see if that's just talk. We'll see if there's, uh, there's you know, truth behind that. Uh, if they don't draft a quarterback in the first round, it would not surprise me if they do take the quarterback. I, I would not take Greer anywhere near 11, but at some point, if Greer's on the board, they may, you know, talk about him after that. And if they trade back, they may talk about, you know, quarterback. So there's, there's still a, uh, a million possibilities there. The other thing I'd like to point out is, is this year's um, coaching staff is unusual, Paul, in that a lot of these guys have come from the college ranks. And they've got an assistant on the ranks that was involved at Mississippi State. And he knows Montez Sweat. He was on the coaching staff of Montez Sweat. He knows Montez Sweat up close and personal. There's a coach on the uh, on the staff that was involved with Michigan last year. He knows Rashad Gary. He knows the pluses and minuses of Rashad Gary. The offensive line coach was at Texas A&M last year, game planning against Sweat. He knows Sweat intimately. So you've got guys that were in the collegiate ranks last year uh, working with players that are in this year's draft, high draft picks in this year's draft, in game planning against those kind of guys, I think that that is uh, you know invaluable information from a scouting standpoint when you when you have that kind of uh, that kind of knowledge base on your coaching staff this year. Um, Dave, we're going to wrap this up in a minute, and we could talk about this to you all day. Uh, again, I say that's all I'd guess, but we really could. We love you, Dave, honestly. Um, but. Uh, I need to. One thing I didn't ask you about, and uh, we're just going to take a, a little break from the draft. Zach Taylor. I mean, we we're kind of excited, but also a little bit cautious here about his appointment and the coaching staff because you know we've been so used to Marvin and his and his and his kind of approach to things for the last sixteen years. Um, what's your re- real quick? What's your take on Zach Taylor? You've obviously seen him in press conferences up close and personal. You've talked to him in the locker room, no doubt. What's your opinion of Zach's so, so far? You know, it's interesting, Paul. It, it, I haven't seen him through the lick, obviously, uh, firsthand. Uh, I just heard things about him from, from other people I know around the league that have been uh, observing him coaching on a, on a day-to-day basis and his personality. And, and the consensus that I get in the, in the knee-jerk reaction I got to Zach Taylor is that he is steady. I mean, he is steady Eddie. He's going to be, uh, you know, the rock. He's going to be somebody that is, is going to be the guiding force. Uh, he's an old soul at 35 years old in terms of football. Yeah. He's been around the game his whole life. His dad was a, was a football coach. His dad was uh, an All-American safety for Barry Switzer back in Oklahoma, and he, and he coached at Oklahoma. He coached at Kansas State. His father-in-law, Mike Sherman, uh, coached with the Green Bay Packers, the Miami Dolphins. He's a head coach now with the Montreal Alouettes. I mean, he comes from a football family. He's grown up around the game his entire life. And even though he's 35 years old, he is kind of an old soul in the game of football. With that said, no one knows. I mean, you know, you can. I've heard a lot of people I know around the league uh, have talked, contacted, reached out to me, said, "How's it going over there in Bengal Kindergarten Land?" You know, your your head coach is so young, and all the assistant coaches are so young. It's kindergarten over there, isn't it? So, you know, I guess my, my uh, whole philosophy on this is I'm not going to prejudge anything or anybody. It's all unknown to me, just like it is to everybody else. 
I'm just going to sit back and witness my, witness it myself and make evaluations and decisions along the way. But, uh, I, you know, I, I'm hoping that it goes well for Zach Taylor because what I know of him from press conferences and having meetings with him, and I went out to dinner with him to get to know him a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that you want to root for, for sure. And he's got a very, very solid offensive mind. He's up to speed with uh, all the nuances of today's National Football League in terms of formation, motion, throwing the football. And he definitely has a plan. It's going to be different. Hopefully it'll be better, but it's definitely going to be different. Dave, you've been fantastic. And it's just the last question from us, uh, which I think you know is coming. Um, saying the Bengals sit at 11 and they don't trade back and they don't move up, who would you like them to pick and who do you think they will pick? Well, I mean, I, I think um, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know how the draft is going to unfold in terms of how many quarterbacks are going or I mean, obviously, I'd like to see uh, a, a, a linebacker or an offensive lineman, but it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they take that edge rusher. I mean, in today's football, uh, pass rush is, is, is solid gold, and you can never have enough of them. And, you know, when you look at it, Carl Lawson is coming off a knee injury. Michael Johnson, they haven't re-signed yet. I mean, you know, they, Sam Hubbard is a, is a young uh, up-and-comer. Carlos Dunlap is a, is a good pass rusher. Geno Atkins inside. Ryan Glasgow coming off of knee injury. So, you know, there's, there's never, you can never have enough uh, rush guys and guys in the back end. So if one of those very, very highly rated and regarded pass rushers that are in a lot of people's top 10 is there at number 11, it would not stun me to see them go there. Um, thank you, Dave. Um, I know that you like to reveal who you're going to pick next week with Dan on, on, on your, your own podcast. So, you know, uh, we can't wait to to see what what that pick, what your prediction is. Um, as ever, uh, I've got just two, two things to wrap wrap up with. Obviously, last week um, it was a sad day in Bengaldom when uh, ex Bengals head coach and your head coach, coach of the AFC Championship team and the Super Bowl team of '81, Forrest Gregg, passed away. Um, just real quick, Dave. Just would you like to say a few words to uh, about Coach Greg while you're here with us? I certainly would, Paul. I mean, Forrest Greg is is uh, a man's man. Uh, he was that in every sense of the word. You look up the man, the word man in uh, Webster's dictionary. It's a picture of Forrest Greg right there for the definition. Um, he was just true to everybody that he cared about. He was honest as the day is long. He never told the media one thing and players another thing. He uh, he spoke nothing but truth. Uh, Vince Lombardi called him the greatest player he ever coached. He was physically, emotionally, mentally demanding, but he had instantaneous credibility with us because we knew that Lombardi asked at least that much or more out of him. So he wasn't asking us to do anything he hadn't done and more, and we all bought in. And as a result of that, under Forrest Gregg, uh, that 1981 team, won the first playoff game in franchise history, won the first AFC championship in franchise history, and came up short in Super Bowl 16. But Forrest Gregg set a lot of records that will never be broken because you can't be the first more than once. Yeah. <laughs> so Forrest Gregg is one of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, organization and, and uh, the best coach I ever played for because he put the best team I ever played with uh, together for sure. Uh, and just two real quick questions. Uh, if you remember when I first met you in Cincinnati, uh, I was with my friend Jimmy and Yumi, who came over from Tokyo. They send their regards. 
And Jimmy has a quick question for you. What was your pre-match meal like? My pre-game meal? Yeah. Uh, my pre-game meal was was uh, uh, a lot of carbs. You know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, re- I, I, I didn't eat much protein on the pre-game meal. I, I had already, you know, worked a lot of protein uh, into my diet all throughout the week. So it was, you know, pancakes. It was, uh, it was crab driven for sure for that quick energy. And uh, but yeah, one time I, I, uh, I had one too many baked potatoes, and that that bothered me a little bit. I had Price. had a little a little bit too much uh, uh, in, in the in the in the belly, and when I I get caught in a pile in the bowl line one time, I was a little bit uncomfortable with uh, feet kicking me in the in the belly. I hadn't digested that second baked potato, so I learned my lesson there. It didn't come flying out when someone collapsed on top of you, did it? <laughs> it, it didn't come all the way out, but I, but I definitely <laughs> ate it more than once, I think. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, that would be a good time to leave things there. But no, seriously, Dave, uh, will we, will, on that bombshell, um, will we see you in London this year again? Yes, I can't uh, can't wait. We're going to be playing the uh, the Rams out there. And I guess it's going to be, you know, right at the end of October, beginning of November again, right in that time frame, and, and play against uh, Zach Taylor's old team, the, uh, uh, the Super Bowl runner-up. Uh, Los Angeles Rams. Absolutely. We can't wait to see you again, Dave. I'm looking forward to shaking that hand of yours. Um, but yeah, Dave, you've been brilliant as per usual. Uh, we can't thank you enough for the time. Have a great summer and let's see how the draft unfolds. All right, Paul, I appreciate it. It was uh, excellent catching up with you as always. And I look forward to catching up with all those Bengals fans uh, across the pond, as they say. Absolutely, mate. Take care. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. You guys have a great one. Thank you very much. Well, that was Dave Lappin there. And um, as ever, fantastic insight. And yeah. Interesting things he said, yeah. I think. Um, he seemed to intimate pass rusher as some someone to go really, really high on. Um, and I, I do tell... I, I am a... I am a big advocate of restocking the defensive line and with the draft so heavy in... Mm defensive lines uh, sorry defensive players and good defensive players in that front seven as Dave said um, I wouldn't be surprised but again they could go in lots of different ways you know I thought it was interesting he said the Bengals liked Jonah Williams a lot and they but they thought he'd be gone because I've not seen too many drafts of Jonah Williams going inside the top 10 so I think if Jonah Williams is there that could be definitely one to watch I I really wouldn't rule out a tackle okay give me before we get on to the correspondence, we're well over an hour again. Sorry about that, but I hope you appreciate uh, there's a lot to talk about. We haven't talked about Game of Thrones yet, but um, um, so give me five players that you, at 11, who you'd like to see. Ed Oliver. Yeah, I'm with you. Devin White and Bush, I wrap into one. Probably White's got a little bit more potential, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Bush is more solid probably white maybe just sneaking Bush but I'd be happy with either so I'd say that's three Haskins I'd be okay with at four I think that'd be an exciting pick it wouldn't be my favourite pick but I would probably take it and then the fifth pick really I guess because Dave was mentioning Montez Sweat quite a lot yeah now I would be okay with someone like Montez Sweat you know I'm not sure about Gary as much I've not read as good as many good things about him Sweat's very interesting from an athletic standpoint. Just an absolute monster athletically. Yeah. He would be certainly an interesting one. So, yeah, I think I'll put him in there. But I, I think, like Dave said, I, you know, offensive tackle is going to be there. And that's that's a harder one to grade, I think. Look, watching tackles on tape, it, 
very, very difficult to be able to, you know, from as a fan to really grasp, you know, who's better, who's not. So I wouldn't want to stick my neck out too much saying I'm an expert on offensive tackles in the draft. But I do think that the Bengals could be in play for a tackle because even Troy Blackburn in his rant the mm. week before saying, you know, we, we might draft one. And, you know, he, he, I think they are aware that Bobby Hart isn't the solution at right tackle for the next five years. No, absolutely. And um, I tend to agree with you. Ed Oliver's up there. Devin White's up there. Devin Bush is up there. My favourite pass rusher is Brian Burns. Um, you love Brian Burns, don't you? I do. I think he's a nasty mofo, and I think we need a nasty mofo. I could imagine you being called Brian Burns. If really? you weren't called Paul Hirons, I could see you being a Brian Burns. <laughs> really? Yeah, I could see you look like a Brian Burns. <laughs> okay. That uh, shirt tonight, I think I could see Paul's shirt tonight. It's like a sort of Hawaiian black and white shirt. Oh, yes. Very. Uh, uh, a bit too summery for that. It's not quite oh, summery. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit chilly. And the fifth one, I think I would go for a Jawan Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, a Cody Ford. I, I kind of quite like Andre Dillard. Um, but, yeah, my favourite out of the lot, I think, is Joanne Taylor. Um, so those are the five. What about some sleepers, real quick? Um, I've got a sleeper that I love. Go on, then. Now's the time. Very interesting player. Go on. Sutton Smith. Go on. From Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. He's a lot. He's a, a more. He was more of an edge rusher at Northern Illinois, and of all the players in college football last year, I can't remember the outlet, but they call it a havoc play, right? And it includes like tackle for a loss, sacks, fumbles, anything that's like a havoc play on defense. And he led the the nation in them. He's only just just over six foot, two hundred and forty pounds, or two hundred thirty five, two hundred forty pounds, which for an end is unheard of in the NFL. And that's why he's been completely like pushed down all of these boards, and they're they're saying he could be like a between sort of third round of the absolute most to potentially round seven, round six, round seven. But he's a short guy, and at Northern Illinois, you know, I, t- I follow Northern Illinois in college football, and he was just a wrecker. You know, his instincts, he was there all over the place, you know, and that defence last year kept Northern Illinois in games, and he was just the heart of it. You know, he was in the backfield at every opportunity, just real good natural football player and I do think sometimes and this is a slightly outrageous thing to say that I think there's a potential for these smaller quicker defensive ends to hold up to really get around the outside of some of these slower offensive tackles that you know so 340 yeah, quick pounds bursts and, just yeah. burst around the outside you know get get in behind them cause a bit of problems your spin move you know the athleticism just to get in there and you know something you know not let the guy get his hands on you just use your speed and agility to get around them you know you don't always need a guy that's a Carlos Dunlap 67 you know 280 to do that yeah. so even in the Pro Bowl, hilariously, they had a couple of running backs to sort of go at defensive end. And you could see them giving the guys a bit of a problem just because they're too quick. They're hmm. too, their agility, you know, a few moves, and these guys can't adjust. So I'd love to see Sutton Smith given a chance. He'd be a great player. If, if he's there in round six and we've got 174 picks, I wouldn't mind using one of them on him. Yeah. I mean, you could go, I think we need a wide receiver. I like, um, you know, because I. But I don't want another slot guy. I don't want another. Yeah, we've got yeah. Tyler Board. We've got Alex Erickson. Yeah. I want an outside guy. Phys- and we've got John Ross who can yeah, kind yeah. of be moved around the, the formation there. I want an outside guy, a big physical outside guy. Now, obviously, they drafted Auden Tate quite low down, but, you know. I want someone with a bit of speed and, you know... we High upside as well. Yeah, I, I want someone, if AJ goes down again, that can, can actually do something. And we've got Cody Core as well, but again, I think he's more actually 
move around the formation kind of guy. He's better with yeah. ball in his hands uh, and running uh, and, and yards after the catch. Um, I want a, a big physical outside guy, a bit like AJ. I know that we've got Josh Malone, who physically is a bit like AJ, but I want to see us take someone like a Travis Fulgham or a Keelan Doss later on in the in the lower rounds, perhaps. I think cornerback, you can never get enough cornerbacks, especially yeah. with the contract situations of Dre and William yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah. and Darquez Denard and, and yeah, B.W. Webb. It looks good at the moment for this year, but after next year... Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that could be something that we'll be looking at next year. Um, uh, and linebackers, I've mentioned a few others. Joe Giles Harris, Ben Burke-Kiven, uh, TJ Edwards... Uh, those sort of guys, and of course, with Mark Walton's uh, yeah, that's a good release, point. we need a running back. And I've got my eye on uh, Ryquel Armstead. Good name, uh, solid name, a solid name. And uh, it's been mentioned on uh, Paul Danny's mentioned this on uh, the BBP, uh, Travion Williams, because you know they Texas A and M and they love yeah. people. Yeah. So again, lots of fun to be had. Um, Lots of intrigue, um, and of course, a quarterback as well. If we don't take a quarterback in the first round, you know, we've got like Will Greer and maybe rounds two or three. I like Brett Rippon, yeah. I know Sam Angel likes him as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I he needs he gets a bit of happy feet, a bit like Dalton. He's a bit Dalton esque actually, but he's been compared to a poor man's Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Um, which is never a yeah. bad thing. Um, I mean, last year as a senior, he threw for 30 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Um, he's got better velocity on the ball than you think, whereas Greer likes to chuck it downfield. They're both 6'2", so they're yeah, yeah. not kind not, of... Not huge for Not huge. And I like watching Greer. He's quite a dynamic guy. He likes to chuck it down the field. And he's quite accurate down the field, whereas Brett Rippon is a bit Andy Dalton-esque. So the question <clears> is, <throat> do you want to, you know, get another kind of like-for-like -like guy? Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Again, lots of options. So uh, let's get to our correspondence. Um, Sorry, just one last thing, just yeah, on that on. subject, with 20 seconds. If we don't take the quarterback in the first round, do you think it's almost a certainty we will take a quarterback in the draft? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You would be foolish not to have got enough picks. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, you've got... Um, 11, isn't it, I think? You've got Tyree Jackson, who's about nine foot tall and can really chuck it down the field. Mm. He's going to go, and he's quite an He's not like for like from Dalton. He's a boom or bust, chuck it yeah, down the yeah, field yeah, kind yeah. of guy. Um, I think they will take a quarterback. Yeah, it's just a it's just a question of how high. Yeah, yeah. And and whether they just want someone to challenge Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. For the backup position, uh, or whether they genuinely w think that this is their guy moving forward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th I think they will draft a quarterback. But let's get to the correspondence. Memphis Soul Stew at Stuart Baird six eight eight. Hello, Stew. I don't get too excited about the draft. Every organisation has plenty of horror stories of early round busts. It's how they transition into the NFL. Do we go best available or best for our positional need? Um, it's difficult. I mean, I, again, I think eleven is a sweet spot that could hit both of those things, both best player available and. Fills the need, you know. If Devin Bush is there, he could be best player available. 
yeah. and fill a need. You know, a Jawan Taylor or a Joni Williams could be best player available. Or, you know, I think it is a good spot, 11 there, you know? Yeah, and like we said before, there could be a situation where a couple of guys that you don't expect go in the top 10 and a real, real gem falls to us at 11. Yeah, absolutely. Troy Snyder at Troy underscore Snyder. Uh, first time caller, I think. First Hello, time Troy. caller. I really like the thought of getting Devin Bush to fill our biggest need, but it would be better to get a more impactful player like Montez Sweat or Brian Burns. Uh, you've got to wrestle with that, really. I I tend to, you know, I, I, if we don't go linebacker first round, I expect us to go linebacker second with someone like a, a Blake Cashman or a, a Jermaine Pratt, right? Yeah. Um, I would be, you know... I'd be, I'd find it really difficult to pass up someone like Brian Burns, or even I'm not. But you as, love Brian Burns, didn't or, you? Or not quite <laughs> as much with Monte. Brian Burns <laughs> Just now. call me Brian from now and for on. For now, I'm going to call you Brian on this podcast. So I, I personally, you know, I love pass rushers. I think we need more of them. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, I think we need. Some, we know we've got Hubbard and Kerry Winnett defensive end. We've got Carlos Dunlap and Lawson. You're all right, a pass rush, you know. Yeah, it's not too bad, but you know, Carrie Wynn's not really a pass rush, he's more yeah. of a defensive run stopping guy. Uh, Hubbard's kind of a do it all kind of guy, yeah. Um, but yeah, someone really nasty comes up, then you know, it's, it's yeah. tempting, isn't it? David Stewart at Bengal Stewart. If we end up going with a QB at 11, must we prepare for another four, five, six win season? I really feel we need an out, a linebacker at 11 to have a chance this year. I think it's a good point. I really do think that's a good point. I think even if you went with Dalton, if you were willing to give up your first round pick to a guy that, you know, to, Dalton and the quarterback can't play at the same time, obviously. So it's a big waste. Not a waste, but it's a big loss of having someone on the field to impact now. We need players now, you know. We only won a handful of games last year. Um, we haven't made the playoffs in three years now. If we and we've still got talent, and I think if you say your first round pick or he's not going to play, you know, or he does play and you've got a rookie quarterback on your hands, you're not going to win a lot of games. So I, I probably still am the thing of like we could still do something here. Like if Zach Taylor really comes in, he gets the best out of these guys, and we get a bit lucky with injuries, we could have a run. So I think it's a very, very good point. I think honestly, if we do take a Haskins and that, that's the sort of you know we're in that transition phase, we might win less than six games next year. I disagree with that. Ooh. I think um, even if we do draft, I mean, you look at uh, when Andy Dalton came in. We went to the playoffs the first year that he was there. Yeah, true. You know, rare though, isn't it? It, it is rare. But if you handle it correctly, then we have. You know, we've got a good core of talent which we're going to add to in the dr- with the draft. You know, we've got loads of picks. Uh, hopefully, you know, you'd think at least half of them would be. Winners, or you know, you really need them to be winners. Mm. I don't, you know, I mean, if we do draft a quarterback this year, then he's not going to start. So Dalton's still going to be there. Yeah, so, but you just lose that skill position, don't you? You lose the potential no, I, impact of someone like a Montez Sweat, or you know. But who's to say, you know, we don't draft someone in the later rounds like a Khalil Saunders or a yeah, you know, Dalen Mack or whoever, you know, who's the next level down from your Ed Olivers and whatnot. Um, you know, a, Byr- a Byron Cowart later on in the in the. You're asking a lot out of a late round pick. Yeah, I know, be a I know, absolutely. And get but on I, that I, team I and contribute. Though. I think you know, as I say, we've been patching the first round. Yeah, I just disagree with it. I, I think, I think, you know, first rounders, you've got the luxury of 
planning ahead. And yes, you can get a really impact player. I mean, I want an impact player. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just making the argument. I just think if you draft a quarterback at 11, he is going to sit for a year. It's not yeah. a wasted pick, I don't think. No, not by all, no, no. But, um, but if you get a Devin Bush, he's going to start straight away. But then he might, you know, he might struggle to begin with. So it's 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 six a dozen, really, I think. Uh, that question's got us, isn't it? It has. It's got it's us, Brian. They've got us, haven't they? Uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Um, um, tell me what, one thing you'd change about the NFL in the UK, and should we throw the kitchen sink at Russell Wilson if the rumours of discord with him and the, and the Seahawks are true? On a Russell Wilson, I mean, I'd love Russell. I think he's a fantastic yeah, player. Yeah, so do I, yeah. So exciting, dynamic, he's a winner. I think he's fantastic. I, I would be throwing the sink at him, but I don't think realistically that's probably on the table. Yeah, it's just not the Bengal style either, is it, really, no. to throw the kitchen sink at someone? No. Um, and he want, he'd want some you know, he'd, big exactly. dollar, wouldn't he? You exactly. know? Um, and, yeah, I mean, we've just had a conversation about the whole point of drafting a quarterback high is that we would free up some more cap exactly. space. And, yeah, you know, yeah, if you yeah. sign Wilson, that's not going to happen. As for one thing you could change it's about... a good question. I don't know, really. I mean, I'm me personally, I'm so focused on what we do with the Bengals UK and on the Bengals itself that I have to say that I don't... Well, I do. I do pay attention. But um, I, th- I think I would... I, the one thing I would change about the NFL in the UK, I don't know. It's the short answer. I really don't know. Um, I was going to say something about tickets being easier to get hold of for fans of... In fact, I'll go with that. I want tickets to uh, be easier to get hold of for fans of the teams who are playing at Wembley. Yeah. There's got to be some system that can be put in place for fans of... say, take us this year. Yeah. Uh, to prove that you're a Bengals fan and to have either first priority or something like that because demand is outstripping yeah. uh, the supply at the moment. That would be that would be the one thing off the top of my head that I would improve, I think. I mean, honestly, I, I find it hard to pick holes in a beautiful, a beautiful thing because I, I honestly think the NFL in the UK is so well represented. The fact that we get four games over here is fantastic. The TV coverage is brilliant. I mean, you know, Sky Sports, I think, do a good job. They get a lot of games on there. The Super Bowl's readily available. The fact that we have NFL Game Pass available to purchase for about 100 quid to get every single game in HD when you're sitting there watching the Premier League and you're lucky to get one or two games, you're paying nearly 80 quid a month for the privilege through all these various satellite providers. I think we're extremely lucky. And I think there's a reason that the growth has been so phenomenal in the last couple of years because it's so accessible. It's a friendly sport. You know, we've talked in the past about when you go to Wembley, it's a slightly better atmosphere and it's, you know, it's a quite jovial, fun atmosphere. And it's not as intimidating as perhaps going to, you know, an old derby or something like that, football game. So I think it's a great thing. I think it's exciting for it to grow and I, I, I'd i be really stretching to find an obvious fault with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Rosie at Rosie underscore May 16. Hello, Rosie. I really want Ed Oliver, but I don't think it will happen. Devin Bush or White would be good, or even Haskins. I like the look of Greer too, just not in the first round. Is there any position you would be mad at if we drafted in the first round? Yeah, I'd run him back. He'd be fuming, wouldn't you? <laughs> Tight end? 
I actually wouldn't be. I if we got Hawkinson, I'd be slightly disappointed. No worse than. I think wide receiver would be a wasted pick. To be honest with you, at eleven, I don't see why we would do that with Boyd, Green, and Ross unless Ross is traded. Even then, it wouldn't be worth a first round pick. I don't think. Mm. So running back and wide receiver, I wouldn't be very happy with. I don't think we need a cornerback either. Certainly not for this year. I think you made a good point earlier about contractually going forward that could be an issue but I don't think that would be a particularly smart investment um, mm. for next season so yeah them for me I think uh, Bengals UK underscore blog um, uh, that's Liam who was on the show last week part of the draft panel uh, Murray is the QB for me but I do believe Haskins could be productive in the NFL if he's given time to develop I just don't want us to take the chance on him when we could get a more surefire pick at a need position and we all know my guy and my sleeper is Dawson Knox. Tight ends we haven't mentioned, yeah. actually. Uh, Liam was big on Dawson Knox uh, uh, last week. I'm big on Josh Oliver, who might go sort of uh, third, fourth round maybe, and Dawson Knox might be third. Um, I agree, I like Dawson Knox. Um, Would you take Noah Fant if he's there in round two? Nope. You wouldn't? No, I'd, I'd sort of wait a little bit longer, I think, because mm. I still think... Um, there's there's defensive playmakers to be had or an offensive lineman at the top yep. of that second round. Uh, he goes on to say, also, who for you is the most overrated player coming into this draft? That's a good question. It's, I'm going with Shangari, I think. You just just because yeah. you just don't know. Just because he was mocked so highly. Uh, and also, you just don't kind of... Because of his lack of production, you don't quite know which way... He's, he could be amazing. He could be terrible. Well, not terrible, but he, he might not make a dent, you know. Uh, so I'm going to go with Rashan Gary. I think it's always with those overrated prospects, the quarterbacks step, you know, really do come to mind in terms of mm. that. And there's an argument with Haskins. There's a lot of people, and I, you know, it's very, very difficult. Guys, so I mean, one look year at starter. someone like Matt Stafford who went number one. Yeah, who people still kind of rave about him, but I don't think he's that good. No, I do. I rate Stafford. I think he's massively inconsistent. I think Dalton's better than Stafford. Ah, oh, see, I disagree. I really do. I think Stafford's a very good player. I don't. I think he's. I think he shows flashes of brilliance. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And he's, you know, but you know, Dalton's taken this team to the playoffs five, six times. Yeah. You know? No, in terms of production, like, he's, never... he's been to three bowl, Pro Bowls. He's won the division several times. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, isn't it? You take someone number one, it's not nailed on that they're going to no, be No, 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 no. I just think with someone like Haskins, he, you know, he's a one-year starter. He, he does look like an exciting player, but I think a lot of these quarterbacks is always the one position that gets hugely, you know, overhyped into the first round. Even Kyler Murray. Yeah. You know, that, that, that it, the issue with the whole baseball thing doesn't go away. You know, if he gets drafted by the wrong team and he's not enjoying it, you never know where how long he's going to stick around for. So I certainly think the quarterbacks in that situation would be the, the skill position that probably flag up the most um, but I also agree with you on Gary I've read that from a few people Killian at Malloy underscore zero zero I want Devin White so I really hope he is there at 11 I think he has the potential to be a very special player and I would like to think he could flourish in Cincy if we do go QB at 11 I would want Haskins I think some proper competition for Dalton would be beneficial for all yeah, can't argue with that. Nope. Here, 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 here. And uh, finally, Pete Dadswell. Uh, he sent a long message, uh, but I'm he, the the crux of it is a lot of people have been uh, uh, predicting the Bengals uh, as a kind of four or five win season next year. Do we think that's a load of tosh? 
I think so. Because I'm actually quite positive about the team at the moment. I'm, I've watched Zach Taylor's press conferences. I've been impressed with his demeanour and his uh, calmness. Um, haven't particularly rated the hiring of Jim Turner. Uh, did rate getting rid of Mark Walton straight away. Um, I like the way he's gone about things. And I think we're going to get some good players in this draft, especially at 11. I'm actually pretty positive. Now, I'm not going to say we're going to steam it and win... You know, I think we could well be better than Baltimore. I think the Steelers are still in meltdown. They're, they're always competitive, the Steelers. Um, but, the, you know, there is... A, there is an, and you look at uh, Greg Rosenthal of um, yeah, NFL yeah. around the NFL. He's picked us as one of a potential surprise playoff team next year. And when you do look at the core, and when you do look... Yeah, there are plenty of holes and lots of things that have to go right this year. But I'm actually pretty positive. I'm not going to give a prediction yet because it's daft to. But I'm excited, man. I'm really excited about it. I love this passion from you, Paulie. Oh, I love excited. it. I love it. I feel like you're going to start banging your chest in a minute. That's, That's right. how excited you are. Banging my Brian Burns yeah, shirt. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm excited, I have to say. Obviously, that can change and probably will change very quickly. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I can't wait, really. I can't wait to see who we pick because I, I find it fascinating. I yeah. Just, because it, it's really difficult to predict where they're going to go. We can sit here and we've told you guys who uh, me and Nathan want to pick if we had the chance. But, you know, they could go in lots of different directions. And that's kind of exciting, mm. but also slightly worrying as well. But, yeah, I'm I'm excited by next year. I, I think if right now I think we're about a seven-win team. I think that's roughly where we're at. I think we could get ten. I think we could get four. I think it's a really gonna it's gonna be very much dependent on what, you know, like Dave Lapham said, which I thought was really interesting about the whole kindergarten thing, about you know, the lack of experience on that coaching team. And that could be a blessing. Yeah. It could be a blessing, it could be a bolt of energy to the team and perhaps they need that. But there is the potential, you know, that it's just not the right fit, that they are a bit inexperienced and it doesn't matter. But that's go the right that's way. the crapshoot that is the draft, right? I'm talking about the season and in the terms season, of to his yeah. point about, you know, how many games we could win. If we have a good draft, if we go out there and get Devin White and he you know, Devin White plays to a Pro Bowl level and he just absolutely destroys it, you know, in his first season, he plays up to all of the potential and he fills the hole at linebacker. Taylor implements a fantastic offensive game plan. We get some help from some other rookies. You know, maybe we get a Noah Fant in round two. He slips down to round two. Him, Tyler Eifert, and Uzama are real threats at the tight end position. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe we do win 10 games. I wouldn't rule it out. There's some good talent on that team, yeah. but he needs to fix the defence. Oh, that defence last year, we can't forget... Was, was one of the worst ever. Yeah, and that's a big. And I know we sit there and say there's talent on that team. There's Gino and there's Carlos and there's Dre. But, but it does need to be fixed. They were all Absolutely. there last year. Absolutely, hundred percent. And I, I, like you said, there is the potential there to be a decent team again. Yeah. But there was that potential there last year and the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. The defense has to be fixed, yeah. and we need, I think, uh, you know, we need to bolster that front front line. Uh, and certainly need to kind of overhaul the yeah, yeah. the linebacking core. Um, anyway, we've, we've prattled on for about an hour and a half, I think. Uh, Prattled. Um, so apologies for that. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot to talk about with the draft. And, of course, I should mention that uh, it is our dra- we do have a meet-up on the Saturday of um, draft weekend, Saturday the 27th, I think it is. 
because I said it the 26th last week. But really, it's Saturday the 27th of April. Uh, it's upstairs at the Red Deer Pub in Sheffield. So do come along. We'll be recording uh, a live version of our podcast. We'll be playing games. We've got a quiz, I think. Uh, lots of shenanigans going on there. And they're always great fun. So if you're in the area, in Sheffield, in Yorkshire, in the north of England, do come along. Um, we'll be kicking off from about 5 o'clock. So the draft will be on the big screen. Uh, beers will be flowing. Unfortunately, Nathan won't be there. So, um, you'll be in oh, Japan. Oh, Japan, and as of Thursday, yeah, a late honeymoon. Absolutely. So uh, we wish Nathan a very happy birthday for Wednesday. Thank you very much. And a fantastic honeymoon to you and Rosie. Thank Bring back much. some weird snacks. For yeah, the podcast. That's a good shout. Uh, next week we will be. It will just be me and uh, Joe Goodbury from Ooh. Locked On uh, Bengals podcast and The Athletic. Uh, Joe's going to be coming on, as he does every year, to uh, give us his thoughts on the draft. Uh, obviously, he's a really big draft guy and a player evaluator supreme, so I can't wait to talk to him and get his thoughts on, on where we might go. I hope this has been a help for you. I know there have been lots of names mentioned, and I know there's lots of potential ways the Bengals can go but I hope uh, I hope that's been accessible to you guys uh, keep the correspondence coming in we are at Bengals no we're not are we um, we are at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook so it only remains for me to say it's a Hooday from me and a Hooday from me cheers guys <laughs>